Hi, it's Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, inviting you to subscribe to our other podcast called The Grave Talks. It's where I sit down and interview individuals who've had extreme paranormal situations happen to them in their lives. Just search The Grave Talks on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Be sure to press subscribe and give us some stars to help spread the word that this show exists. Now, here's a 15-minute preview of The Grave Talks. Today on The Grave Talks, the Amityville Horror Inception, the Lord DiDio account, part one. One twelve Ocean Avenue, the Amityville Horror. At the time of our broadcast here, it's been nearly 45 years since the DeFeo family were brutally murdered in their Amityville home. A murder that to this day is still shrouded in supernatural mystery. How exactly did the murderer manage to take the lives of his six family members with a high-powered, deafening shotgun? Without anyone in the home or neighborhood waking to the deadly blasts. Did something dark assist in this tragedy? Then, nearly one year after the tragedy took place, George and Kathy Lutz would attempt to call this murder scene home. The attempt would only last 28 days, with the family fleeing a haunted house like the world has never seen. Shortly after their fleeing, they would come in contact with a young reporter, Laura DiDio, from Channel 5, New York. Well, first of all, my own mother was psychic. Okay. okay, and it wasn't um, something that uh, we talked about a lot. It was just something that was there. She sort of knew things before they happened, um, and it wasn't always good stuff. Like, she woke up one morning uh, when we were at our summer home in Maine and said she had a terrible dream about our family dog, Freddie. And we were all crying. And two days later, the dog got um, run over and killed by a truck. Um, and she brought home one time um, this book, The Ghost Hunter by Hans Holzer, which was on the bestseller list. And I picked up the book and I read it and I was fascinated. And of course, everybody in their family had a, um, had a book about ghost story. I'm sure you had it in your family as well. Mm -hmm. But I was always fascinated by that and, and the fact that my my mother herself was, was psychic. So that kindled my interest um, in the supernatural. When it comes so, to, to having a family member that is psychic and, and having that, that level of sensitivity, sometimes we see that passed down from generation to generation. Did you at that time have any inklings that, that you had any type of ability that way, whether it be psychic or empathically? Um, no, I didn't. Certainly not to the degree that my mother did. Although I will say over the years, it's, you know, if you hang around people who are talented to that, you know, to that degree, mm -hmm. You sort of pit it. Some of it will rub off on you naturally. Sure. And I'm not claiming any any great ability, but if you hang around with musicians long enough in a studio, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
sort of pick something up just by osmosis. Sure. So over the years, that uh, that has to to some degree happened to me as I've um, worked with psychics and been on cases and done research. You you open yourself up to that, and you become more aware mm-hmm. because to a certain degree we all have a, a psychic sense. It is a sixth sense, like speech, touch, sense, hearing, mm-hmm. feeling. It's just a case of developing it. Sure. Now, that said, you know, a lot of people can play the piano. That doesn't mean we're going to be, you know, Mozart. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who play basketball, but you're, you're not going to be in the NBA. That said, you can develop you can develop it to the best of your ability. Sure. You know, I go to the gym and work out. I'm not going to be a bodybuilder, but I can get stronger. Sure. So anybody out there, you know, can can develop it um, just by paying attention to what's all around us. I think that sixth sense that we all have gets lost in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, especially today when we've got social media and, you know, you're trying to balance a checkbook, run around to get to work, you get caught in a traffic jam, those things. So we're not paying attention to things. But certainly little things that happen every day, like deja vu or something pops into your head, I should call so-and-so, um, et cetera. And as we get into talking about the um, Amityville horror story, um, I have a very interesting experience in that vein to recount to you about just something that happened with myself and Lorraine Warren that popped up out of the blue. I'd love to hear about long that. After, long after the Amityville horror, the events of the Amityville horror. Let's talk about Ed and Lorraine for a moment. You had contact with them and you knew who they were and, and had some uh, professional interaction with them as a reporter prior to the Amityville case, correct? Yes. Well, I was a student at Fordham University majoring in communications. In other words, journalism, uh, broadcast, you know, with an emphasis on uh, both print and broadcasting and, and also radio. So uh, being at uh, Fordham had uh, was... Fordham University, WFUV, was one of the first 50,000-watt FM stereo stations in the country going back to 1947. And Ed and Lorraine, Fordham, of course, for those who don't know, is located in the Bronx. And that's really only about 30 miles away, 30, 40 miles away from Monroe, Connecticut, where the Warrens lived Mm -hmm. um, for most of their life. And at that time, prior to the Amityville horror case, uh, the Warrens had made um, a pretty good name for themselves locally in the tri-state area as uh, paranormal researchers. They, they did not yet have the national reputation that they would later develop. Um, and again, with my interest in um, paranormal research, I, they were one of the first people that I wanted to contact. I also, ironically, I, I also interviewed Hans Holzer, who was based in Manhattan. He had a 
pretty big name for himself as well, having authored many books, including the best-selling uh, Ghost Hunter. So I had interviewed Ed and Lorraine um, on my radio show, and also Ed and Lorraine had been interviewed several times on Channel 5 News and other local media outlets in the New York City area. Um, Lorraine was known as a light trans medium, which was different from, say, um, Ethel Johnson Myers, who worked with Hans Holzer, where she was a deep trans medium, which meant she went into a full trans state where she was out of it. Lorraine was always, as a light trans medium, conscious and working, but sort of in, a, in an altered state, but she was aware of her surroundings, mm -hmm. where a deep trans medium went someplace else and had a spirit guide. Sure. So the Warrens were, were always very uh, forthcoming. They were always very helpful and, you know, just nice people to be around. Ed uh, called himself a demonologist so that when he and Lorraine would work a case, he was, you know, he took the lead um, position while Lorraine was more of the empath, mm -hmm. picking up perceptions and the feelings because she was the one who had the um, psychic abilities. Sure, sure. So obviously you got to know them a little bit through the interviews and, and understand what they were doing. And, uh, and the, the tense of this is the, this is not the Ed and Lorraine Warren that we know of today. This is prior to all of all the books. This is prior to the movies. This is prior to all of that. This is very much, you know, at, at, uh, towards the beginning, uh, or, or, or in, in the, 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 the part of their career where they were basically, this material was, was being put together and their research was going on. Let's yes, but I have to say, the, uh, when you say the Ed and Lorraine of today or the present, mm -hmm. that the public came to know sure. uh, because of the Amityville horror, because of um, the Conjuring movie, they remained remarkably unaffected. They would still answer their phone, mm -hmm. you know. They didn't go Hollywood. No, no, not at will. all. I guess I, I meant more so just in the terms of... of 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 notoriety of 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 how well known they became, but uh, no, I I completely agree of how they they always were Ed and Lorraine. Yes, they were, and you know, there's it's it's amazing because when you talk about um, the notable personages in the field of the paranormal, uh, there's always a lot of. Uh, professional rivalry, mm -hmm. if you will, as you have in any field. Um, and Ed and, and Lorraine, uh, one of the things that was most amazing about them, and you, you have people, uh, as, as in any field, people who will, uh, people have their critics and they have their proponents. But what I will tell you is that with Ed and Lorraine, um, from the get-go, they were their primary goal was always to help people. So, to give you an example, when I was I, I first started working at Channel Five through an internship that I got because I was a student at Fordham, 
And then I was working there as uh, the internship progressed and I became a um, part-time employee and then a full-time news assistant while I was still at school before I had graduated. And I was actually working on a series um, on psychic phenomenon when, believe it or not, in January, uh, late January, early February, the news about the Lutzes fleeing 112 Ocean Avenue broke in New York Newsday. And it just so happened that the two things coincided. And the news director at Channel 5 at the time, Mark Monsky, said, oh, get that story. So shortly after this article appeared in New York Newsday, where the Lutzes had held a press conference with William Weber, all of a sudden they disappeared and nobody could find them. And you have to go back to 1976, where we didn't have the Internet. You didn't have mobile phones. Hard to imagine, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, where did they go? It seemed like they just went underground. Um, and William Weber at the time, he had been acting as their spokesperson. And so we contacted him. And uh, there were plans afoot where uh, he was going to be working at, at the time with ABC Eyewitness News, the local station, and a group of white witches to hold a seance in the house, and also a vampirologist. And he said, well, when I contacted him, he says, you, you folks at Channel 5 might be able to come along as well. Then, I guess at some point, the Lutzes had um, broken off contact with William Weber, and that just dissipated. So at that point, I um, had contacted um, George Lutz. I had called into his company firm, mm -hmm. his company firm. They had a uh, surveying firm. And so I called out there. And I left a message, said who I was, and I said, you know, I have some experience working um, with uh, and interviewing other people, you know, uh, para professional paranormal researchers, and I'd like to help you and your family. And I left the message with um, the people who worked for him. And he called me back, and I arranged to meet him on a Saturday at his uh, the surveying firm, but I didn't tell anybody at the TV at the TV station because I wa I was afraid of over promising and under delivering and getting fired. Sure. Okay, I was just a lowly news assistant, mm -hmm. <laughs> just starting my career. Yeah. And even though I just had this menial job and I wasn't yet you know I wasn't yet out of college, I didn't want to lose it. Sure. <laughs> Have my go down in flames before it started. So um, essentially, I went out there um, the next day and met with George and Kathy and, uh, for four hours. And they said, okay, that at the end of the, the meeting, and I listened to their story, and I came back convinced that 
something had really happened to them because they felt uh, they they seemed very sincere and very frightened. Mm-hmm. So unless they were, you know, the, the Meryl Streep and Robert De Niro of their day. I hope you enjoyed your 15-minute preview of our new podcast, The Grave Talks. Be sure to subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download podcasts to not miss any episode of the show. New episodes every single Monday. Just search for The Grave Talks and then press subscribe. Give us a review while you're at it and some stars that will help us grow in the rankings and let other folks know that the show exists to make an even better show for you. The Grave Talks. Check it out at thegravetalks.com. Thank you.